0: just meet together as just people who, you know, everybody walled in here with your own stuff, and we get together, and we just leave all that at the door, and we just focus on the King of Kings, and we just worship together. It's just really cool. Uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Anyway, hey, we're starting a, a brand new sermon series today that I've been so excited about. In fact, I've been just almost giddy over the last little while and, and it's it's because i'm just so terribly excited about this message series because I, I think it'll help us i really feel like it'll help us go from just a oh what's what's the word i'm looking for man i, I don't want us to have a sunday only christian entitled only experience i want us to connect to the faith Uh, that we can have in Christ that leads us day after day after day after day after day. And that's what this series is all going to be about. See, some things in life just really aren't all that important. Would you agree with that? And, And how many would say that some things are important to you that might not be important to somebody else? Right? I'm a huge sports fan. I've been counting the days for pitchers and catchers to report at spring training for Atlanta Braves. I know they lost 100 games last year. I do not care. I can't wait. I can't wait. Some of you go. I don't care. I saw something. Anybody, if you're if you're watching the Olympics, I saw something that I thought was ridiculous. Curling. Curling. <laughs> Thank you. Curling. I, I'm watching these guys, and, and and it's the USA men against Sweden, and. If you've seen it, they take a garbage can lid and slide it across the ice, and to try to land it in a circle. And USA won gold, and it was like an eruption in the. I'm like, well, somebody cares. It's the most non-athletic, ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's just it's shuffleboard on ice in tights with a Swiffer, yes, with a broom. And and, and while I love. Like, USA, USA, I was thinking, I could not care less about curling. But there are some things in life that you and I need to pay attention to, that we need to care about. And one of those elements that we need to approach with intense care and concern is our faith. Before you push back and say, well, Dwayne, I'm really not a person of faith. Yes, you are. I firmly believe that everybody has faith and everybody worships. What you decide is the object of your faith and the object of your worship. Some some folks have faith in their career, have faith in their bank account, have faith in their family and their friends, and that's fine. I'm not. Oh, that's that's your choice. Some folks worship cash and possessions. I'm going to talk to you today and over the next several weeks. About what a genuine, growing, 24-7, vibrant faith in Christ can do for you every day of your life. Yeah. See, Jesus said that if we would chase Him and, and follow Him, we could have something He called abundant life. Yeah. And it's so... And see, people hear, hear different things when they hear that word abundant life. That means I can... I can have all the stuff. And, man, I'm just going to tell you, I'd much rather have uh, abundance in my soul. Man, it got quiet because you're like, I want some abundance in my checking account. <laughs> um, I, I probably would have said that a few years ago. But can I just tell you, I'm at the place in my life where what matters more than anything else is, is what's going on in my soul. And so I think over the next few weeks, we're going to understand what this abundant life is really about. So it's, it's called excellent faith, and here's what that means. We've, we've said over the last few weeks that we wanted to pursue excellence in our church and in our uh, individual lives. And, and I'm not implying that excellent faith means that your faith is better than somebody else's. So that's not what that word means. We learned a few weeks ago that excellence was when I give God my very best with what he's given me. And I want to pursue faith in God to the best that I can do. Uh, here's, Here's what the underlying thought of this whole next several weeks is going to be. Is that there's a difference between professing faith and practicing faith. It's so easy to stand and say with your mouth, I'm a believer. I follow Jesus. But isn't it something different entirely to actually practice your faith? And what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks is how can we put our faith into practice? And we'll use as a basis for this book, for this sermon series, the book of James. So here's your challenge. I'll go ahead and give it to you now. On your connection card on the back, it says, I'll read through the book of James over the, during the course of this sermon series. The book of James is five chapters long so if you'll read one and a quarter chapters per week you'll get through the whole book of James in five in, in four weeks so here's, here's your challenge I want you to read the whole book over the next four weeks not that big a deal you can handle it, um, it it's James is is that preacher that just doesn't care he's just going to lay it out online. line he's the one that's going to say well you're being stupid And not gloss it over. In in one place he says, listen, if you're double-minded, you're not going to get anything from God. And he doesn't pull any punches. He just kind of lays it all out there. And I think that what we're going to find from him is some incredible instruction on how you and I can live our life, every part of our life. So we're going to start today with faith under fire. So just so I know who I'm talking to, um, if if you've ever said these, if you've ever been... At a point where you say, I just, I feel like giving up. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, there we go. If you've ever tried to move forward and you walk with God, I wonder if this has ever happened to anybody. You try to move forward and you walk with God and things actually got worse. The humor and the laughter I'm going to say, okay, that's, uh, what about if you've ever been in a season, maybe you're there now, where you feel like you're trading one trouble for another. And it just, you're just like, boom, 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 boom. Or maybe you've said these words, God, I just don't understand this. This stuff is going on, and I don't understand it, and I can't explain it, and I don't like it. If you've ever said that, then I think these next few minutes are going to mean something to you. So we're going to start with James chapter 1, we'll read the first four verses, we've got a couple of other passages that we're going to throw at you, but I want you to kind of if you've got your Bibles open or you're looking on your U you version, or you've got the bulletin open, just kind of hang out there on that James chapter 1, the first four verses. Uh, here we go. Let's get right into this. First thing he says is this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you that I believe that that is one of the single most convincing phrases in the entire New Testament that, that proves that Jesus is everything he said he was. Let me tell you why. You know who James was? James was the younger half-brother of Jesus. So James grew up in his shadow. James heard, why can't you be more like Jesus? That's not even fair, is it? See, if I was James and Mama said, why can't you be more like Jesus? I'd say, why can't you be more like Jesus? That was the first biblical timeout, I think. From James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I'm writing to the 12 tribes, 12 tribes, 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Now listen, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, circle those three words, of any kind, of any kind, come your way, consider it an opportunity for great whining and complaining. Oh, I read the wrong translation. An opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Some of y'all got it. I just just had a a Disney flashback. (laughs) Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about faith under fire. I want to talk about how do we have faith when things are going wrong? How do we have faith when persecution and tribulation and trial and temptation and testing come into our life? How do we have faith? The first thing I want you to understand is this. Trouble happens. He said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, what did he not say? He didn't say if, did he? Wouldn't you have rather him said if? <laughs> Wouldn't you rather him say if troubles come? That's not what he said. He said when troubles come. <laughs> See, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a pessimist. I don't consider myself a pessimistic person. But there's a reason he said when instead of if. There, there might be people who believe that denying that truth that trouble comes will keep, uh, keep trouble away. But if you've been alive more than a couple of minutes, you know that that's not true. And I'm going to give you an, an analogy that you're going to laugh at and you're going to make fun of me for. But if you'll push past the silliness of this analogy, I think it'll help you and help it make sense. Let's look at a newborn baby. We're going to have a couple of newborns show up here in the next few weeks and months. Let's look at what happens to a newborn baby. They spend 40 weeks in a perfect environment. All their needs are met. All, all their, everything's taken care of. Not a care in the world. And then they... Show up in our world. The first thing we do is wipe them down, clean them up, and put a diaper on them. And then, within a little while, they've gone from this perfect environment, this place where they didn't have need of anything, no problems in the world, to sitting in your own poop. And, and you see... I raised two boys, and here's what I know. It doesn't matter how often you change those diapers, clean them up, and strap them in again, guess what? Before long, the poop comes back. And you move from one round of poop to another round of poop. And then you grow up a little bit, and instead of sitting in it, you start stepping in it. There's always poop to step in. Trouble happens. It's just true. So what kind of trouble is he talking about? See, I, I was studying this. I was, I, I was reading this commentary from this very um, ivory tower sitting theologian. And he said that the only trouble he's talking about... It's trouble that comes from a from religious persecution. And and I thought, is that and then I just I just read it for myself and it says, when troubles of any kind. See, I believe God can use troubles of any kind to stretch you and grow you and help you understand and to mature you. Troubles of any kind. We we understand that trouble comes really from A a couple of places. Sometimes trouble comes because we live in a broken world. And we we battle disease and we battle hardship because our world is not perfect, right? And sometimes we, we battle trouble because of the bad choices of others. Karen and Raleigh are in a lot of pain this morning because somebody decided to drive inebriated. Sometimes we have trouble because of bad choices of others. And sometimes we're in trouble because of our own poor decisions. We saw the poop. We knew it was there. And we stepped in it anyway. So what do we do with that? What do we do with... with see, the question isn't, will trouble come? That's not the question. The question is, When trouble comes, how will I respond? How will I respond? I'm going to tell you how not to respond. At least, this this is Dwayne, okay? If you want to apply this to your own life, then go ahead. I have learned that in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial, in the midst of frustration, not to just react the way I want to react. How many of you ever reacted naturally in a situation and it got you down a bad path? Like, you just decided, I'm going to say what I want to say. How many of you would be unemployed today if you always said what you wanted to say? See, see here's, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do. In the midst of trial, in the midst of temptation, in the midst of difficulty, learn to do this one thing, and I use this word a lot stop stop and make a choice be intentional about your response don't lean on your own natural inclinations respond intentionally because what we've learned is that we really are going to respond one of three ways when difficult times come we're going to respond basically one of three ways first way we're going to respond is with fear right i don't know how i'm gonna pay my bills I don't know where I'm going to work. I just lost my job. I don't know where we're going to live. We just lost our home. I, we, we respond in fear. That's a very natural inclination, isn't it? We also respond in frustration. I cannot believe my car broke down again, just had it fixed, and now it's broke down again. I don't have time to take it to the shop, and I've got to find a ride to work, and we respond with frustration. We respond in fear. We respond with frustration, and how we really should respond is with faith. What if we could mature to the point when those frustrations come, instead of responding in fear, instead of responding in frustration, God, I don't like what I'm walking through, but I know you're sovereign. I know you're in control, and I know you've got a plan. I know you're covering me. You're hiding me in the shelter under the Almighty. I know you're in control, so I don't like it, but I'm going to walk through this with faith in you because I know you're in control. What would happen? if we could learn in the middle of all the silliness of life that we walk through, to go, s- just stop. God, I don't understand it. But I, here's a big word. I'm actually going to give you two. I trust you. We throw that word trust around a lot. And it's easy to trust when the bills are paid and the kids are behaving. It's something completely different to trust in the middle of a difficult time. And the other word is surrender. God, God. My life is yours. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It hurts. It's frustrating. But I trust you and my life is yours. See, I think that's how we ought to respond. See, there, there are those that might believe that Christians should never have a trial. They should never uh, face difficulty. That believers should never have struggle or sickness or financial hardship. That Christian parents should always have perfect little Christian angels. Doesn't work that way, does it? You can say it all you want to. Don't make it so. The idea that you can follow Christ without trouble and the hardship might be popular, but it certainly isn't biblical. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. Our text says it like this. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Man, circle that word, joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Perfect and complete. How many perfect people are in the room? Yeah. See that I've told you before that that biblical language is much different than our, than our English language, and sometimes we have a hard time um, using English words because the. The, the, the original languages are so much more descriptive. That word perfect is a, word, is a Greek word teleos. And it really just means, it, it doesn't mean without flaw. It, it's a word that they used when a man had grown to the point where he'd stopped growing. He's fully grown. He's full grown. In other words, when we walk through these trials... And we walk through these difficult times and we we operate in faith and we respond in faith instead of fear and frustration. That God matures us to the place where we're full grown and complete. And that's what I want for my life. I hope that's what you want for yours. What does the Bible teach us about going through trouble? Man, one of my favorite passages of scriptures, you've heard me quote it and read it tons of times. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and we know that God causes everything. Look at somebody say everything. everything. See, see l- listen, listen to me, because I, I need you to, I don't want to overstate the obvious, but I need you to hear this. Everything <coughs> means everything. Yes. Regardless of what you're walking through. I, man, I, I, I've been through enough junk to know that, that God is true to his word regardless of what you're walking through, He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. It may not work out according to your purpose, but it'll work out for His good purpose. So here's what we know. That God's plan incapacitates earthly troubles. It diminishes the power of an earthly trouble. When God takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good, it incapacitates our earthly trouble. I'm going to read to you the lyrics of a song from about 1975. Now, you have to understand, now, we are blessed to live in an age where there's all kinds of great Christian music. It weren't always that way. In fact, a lot of times, um, when the contemporary Christian music genre was brand new and they didn't even have a name for it it was, it was a guy by the name of andre crouch and you may have heard of andre crouch and he wrote this song so simple been recorded a bazillion times but i want you to listen to the words of this song called through it all in context of what we've been talking about today The first verse says i've had many tears and sorrows i've had questions for tomorrow can, can you resonate with that There have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. Doesn't that sound like the passage of scripture we just read? The second verse says, I've been a lot of places. I've seen so many faces, but there have been times I've felt so all alone. Have you ever been standing in a group of people and felt like you're all by yourself? In that precious lonely hour, Jesus let me know I was his own. Isn't that good? This is my, I, I, my verse. And I bet some of you can re- resonate with, with, this, with this verse. So I thank God for the mountains. And I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. Does that sound like a, a dichotomy to thank God for storms? Storms? I thank God for storms he's brought me through. Now listen, this is so powerful. Because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in his word could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. Man, I'd love to tell you that you follow Jesus and he's going to wrap you in antiseptic and bubble wrap and nothing's ever going to happen. That's not true. Maybe the best way to, in, in my mind, to, to think about the way God is with us is, I, I told you I raised two boys who are now obviously adults. But I, I, I got the opportunity to teach both of them to ride their bicycle. Now, if you ever have the opportunity to teach a small child how to ride a bicycle, I'm going to tell you that rule number one is mama stays inside (laughs) because mama's mama and she didn't want her little dumpling to get a a, a scratched knee or to, to, you know, run into a tree or jump a ditch as Mikey tried to, but that's another story. See, there's this point where you, you watch your child and they're on those training wheels and and you can tell, I think they're ready. I think they're ready to go to the next place. I think they're ready to go to the next level. And, and so they come home one day and, and I had taken their training wheels off. And, and I, I remember the look like. And see, there's this point where you're standing behind them and they're pedaling just as fast as they can. you've got your hand on that seat and there's a point when as a father you have to do this, you have to lick. And when you let go, here's what you know. You know that there's a chance they could skin an elbow. You know there's a chance that they could skin a knee. You know there's a chance and great likelihood that they're gonna run headfirst into a tree. <laughs> but if I don't let go of that seat, he's gonna be riding around with training wheels the rest of his life. And you don't you don't get married like that. <laughs> But see, because I I, I let go of that that seat and, and he figured out that there was a lot more he could do without the training wheels on than he could ever do with them there. Man, I have memories of him tooling across our backyard, just flying. Listen to me. What you may find on the other side of your trial is freedom. But God might have to let go of that seat. He might let you have to get into a situation where you scrape your knee and you bump your elbow. But isn't it worth it if there's freedom on the other side of that? See, let let, let me tell you what we've done. And this is... We've tried to raise our children in this antibacterial bubble wrap world where everybody gets a trophy and nobody gets hurt. I didn't know what antibacterial soap was until I was 35. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how many know the real world, there's bumps in the road and there's skint knees and there's, listen, there's, and we don't like to tell this to our children, but there's difficult times. You may not always get what you want. Mm. You may have trouble, but man. If you'll you'll let that trouble mature you and cause you to grow instead of whining and griping and complaining about it and just accept it because it's coming, it's going to be there. If we learn to respond in the right way, then, man, there's freedom on the other side of that. Isn't that good? So you just got to ask yourself, are you willing to grow? Man, I love this passage, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You know, when I when I let go of that seat, and he took off down the, down the yard, let me tell you something. I didn't turn my back and walk in the house. Just because I let go of the seat didn't mean I wasn't watching his every move. <laughs> how you, how you know that's how your father is even in the middle of your trial, even in the middle of your circumstance. He might let go of your seat, but he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. And if Mike or Matt would have fallen, I'd have been there so fast and make their head spin. An ever-present help in trouble. So are you willing to grow? I heard a preacher say one time, and, and I love this, I, just, I wish I would have said it. He said, sometimes You have to go through something to get to something. And here's what I believe with all of my heart. That God never wastes your trouble. And He never wastes your pain. And He never wastes those difficult times that you're walking through. That in every one of those situations, you're going through something so you can get to something. In other words, as we said before, God could be preparing you for what He has prepared for you. Romans chapter 5 says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So respond right, respond in faith and be patient. If you'll look at our text and jump down a few verses, verse 12 of chapter 1 says, God's, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. In other words, it's not always going to be like that. There's not always going to be a time of trial and testing. and te- There's going to be a day when it'll all be made right. So, uh, you know, I, I try to leave you with some practical stuff to walk out with, so I'm going to give you four questions. Now, I was told when I was a new, a new believer that you, should never, ask, that you sh- should never question God. I think that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> if God is my father, what dad doesn't want his child to ask him questions, right? right? I mean, listen, I raised Mikey Light. He was full of questions. <laughs> Here's four questions that you can ask God, and, and I, I genuinely think that if you'll learn these questions, and in fact, the first one I'm going to give you is something I learned a long time ago, and I, I don't, I'm not giving you this because it sounds good on a PowerPoint. I'm giving you this because this is how Dwayne lives his life. The first question that you ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me? In in the middle of this difficult trial, in the middle of this difficult time, in the middle of this problem, in the middle of this trouble, what are you trying to teach me? Because you know what I've learned? The quicker I learn it, the quicker I'm through it. Right? God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to develop in me? How are you trying to mold my character? How are you trying to cause me to become more like you? see, we don't want to do that. We want to go, God, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Fix it. Period. Mm
1: -hmm. No.
0: What are you trying to teach me? Second question. Okay, God, what doesn't belong? And, And this is a tough one. This is a dangerous prayer. Is there something in my heart? Is there something in my life? Is there something in my soul that doesn't belong? Is there an attitude? Is there an action? Is there a habit? Is there resentment? Is there something in my soul that doesn't belong? And put your seatbelt on when you ask that question. I've been asking that question for a long time, and I've never had him go, you're good. There's always something he's trying to mold me and shape me and form me. So, what are you trying to teach me? What doesn't belong? This next one might be tough. God, how can I honor you? And and you can only ask that question if you can say with conviction, God, I'll walk through this trouble if it'll honor you if it'll bring you glory, if my difficult time will bring you honor, if my difficult time will point people to you, if my difficulty will point people to the cross, I'll walk through it. Look back at your life, at at the darkest point in your life. What if God could use that moment to point somebody to the cross? Man, I, I, I don't like calling people out, but I, I'm thinking of my brother Clint. <laughs> what if, if I walk through this addiction and I walk through this recovery and I walk through all the hell that goes along with it, if he'll use me to point somebody to you? Can I tell you, that's that's a dangerous prayer. God, how can you use me to honor you? i walk through it. And lastly, where are you trying to take me? Are you you pulling the training wheels off? Man, I love this passage. It's Isaiah 43. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. Man, if you're here and you're in a wilderness place, if you're here and you're in a dry wasteland, man, I, I can't tell you that you'll never have to walk through those places. I can tell you that you don't have to walk through them alone and you don't have to walk through them without a road. He said he'd make a way. He said he'd make a path. He said he'd make a river, a stream in the desert. So Donna's going to come and she's going to play. I I can't help but feel like you might be here and um, you would say, Dwayne, my faith is under fire. It's, It's come from this direction and it's come from that direction. Or maybe you're here and you say, there, there are people around me who I love, who's walking through difficult times and difficult trials and difficult circumstances. They're questioning their faith. Their faith is under fire. Man, I don't, I don't know where you're at today, but here's what I know with conviction. That God's Word is true, and, and, and we read it, and I just... Listen, listen to what he says happens for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow man can I tell you you walk through these trials and you walk through these difficult times with with the help and grace and mercy of God and all of a sudden when you face them again there's something that wells within you that there's this strength that can only be supernatural that is formed in the midst of trial and without those trials it, it doesn't come so let it grow be complete be mature so I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes we're going to give you an opportunity to pray this morning so if you were here and you would say Pastor Dwayne um, that those words were for me I, I've not responded in times of trial like I need to I'm in the middle of some difficult times and and I'm I'm a little overwhelmed. I, I've responded naturally instead of in faith. I've responded in fear and frustration instead of faith, and I'm I, I need some help. I need to know that that there really is a help that's ever present. I need help, and I, I maybe you've looked for it in some different places. And I'm going to tell you today. I want you to call on the name that's above every name name of Jesus see maybe you're here and, and, and you've, you've struggled with hanging on to what you know you believe because circumstances have caused you to doubt that And I'm just going to just plead with you this morning man I, I can't give you all the answers to your stuff but here's what I can promise you that God really 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 will be an ever-present help in a time of trouble if you'll turn to Him, if you'll lean on if you respond in faith instead of fear. So if that's you and you say, Dwayne, this was, this was for me today. I want you to wave your hand just so I can see you. Amen. Here, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take a step. I, I, I'd love to pray with you. So I'd just like you to, without thinking about it a whole lot, to just... And there's a whole bunch of them to just slip out of your aisle and just come kneel around these altars and let us pray with you. Amen. Amen. So we, we, we have a team of people who are our prayer team and they're going to they're gonna come gather behind you. And we're going to pray together.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, God, do what only you can do in this place tonight. Thank you, Jesus. for provision in a difficult time I pray for healing God I pray that each one of these uh, God that we're calling out to you in the time of trouble God you'd be an ever present help in that time God you're able to meet every need and we believe that you're doing it in Jesus name God if meeting a need means you've got to make a change in us then do it God whatever you're Trying to teach us whatever place you're trying to take us, God, we're, we ask that you would reveal that, you would show us. God, you're able in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I was praying for those that are around this altar. This passive scripture came to my heart, and I just wanted to end our time together this morning with this passive scripture. I, I, I read this all the time, but it, there's never been a time when it's more appropriate than right now. So, if that's you, if, if today resonated with you and what you're going through in your own life, I want you to just just listen to these words. It's Romans chapter, excuse me, Ephesians chapter three says this. When I think of all this. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and in earth. I pray, listen, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ, oh this is good, will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. And this is good. Listen. As all God's people should. How wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete. There's that word again. With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power. At work within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or even think and that good news and that good news you ought to give the lord praise